Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. I've been really uh, contemplating the idea of source consciousness, of God consciousness, of the I am consciousness. We've had some great shows lately. Dr. Jerry Jin was on uh, recently, and he talks about the I am presence, and tonight's show is going to be very similar, um, but quite different. (laughs) That's what I like about this, is that um, we're willing to look everywhere, under every rock and in every crevice to have a deeper understanding of this human experience, this human genome, this human persona that we all have. What a what an exciting time to be alive. Tonight, uh, tonight's show is Llewellyn's complete book of meditation, and our guest tonight is Shai Tubali. We're going to bring Shai on in just a bit. Actually, this is pre-recorded because Shai is in Europe and it's probably like two o'clock in the morning right now. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know if she figured it out, but sometimes I have to get up really flipping early in the morning and I'm sure my demeanor is not the same for some of those interviews because I, no matter how strong the coffee is, I'm just a different person. Um, Anywho, the the I am, the I am, the, the source consciousness, God consciousness, prime creator, whatever whatever term you want to use, if if indeed that is the fabric of all that is, how do you how do you exhaust if that's even possible, how do you even um, contemplate the potential of of source consciousness as it relates to you as an individual? It's uh, I, I think part of the awakening process is to kind of maybe the last mile is uh, get it down to just you and God and then just dismantle you and the only thing left is is God or source consciousness. Um, I think we should get to it. I think you're going to really like this episode. You know, um, I talked uh, about the Eastern philosophies and the Western religions and um, the, the attributes, the traits between those two and to kind of take a step back and, and let your eyes go out of focus and, and look for the underlying um, similarities, so to speak. Wasn't that uh, Joseph Campbell that researched the world's religions and he found uh, kind of a a very similar similar underlying theme behind them all? Um, I don't know. I just find it fascinating. 
I think we should get to it. Llewellyn's Complete Book of Meditation with Shai Tubali. A comprehensive guide to effective techniques for calming your mind and spirit. Harness the power of meditation for a happier, healthier life. Appropriate for practitioners of all skill levels, this new addition to Llewellyn's Complete Book series features 35 fundamental meditation techniques from traditions around the world. It presents each with its historical background, cultural context, potential beliefs, and clear instructions for practicing at home. Shai teaches well-known methods like classical Zen meditation and more obscure ones like Sufi whirling. I like the Sufi whirling dancers. You can learn to align your mind and body, open your heart to love and compassion. These are powerful words. And use hidden powers of sound and more. This comprehensive and easy-to-understand guide introduces the magic of meditation in a way that is experiential, practical, and deeply researched, empowering you to journey farther into the world of meditation than ever before. You can learn more at shaitubali.com. That is S H A I. T U B A L I dot com. So here we go. We're going to roll the interview and I'll see you on the other side. Enjoy. Welcome to the show, Shai. Thank you so much for having me today, Les. Complete book of meditation. Complete book of meditation. Now, I like to talk about terms, words that we use when um, we bring on guests. So when you when you think about the word meditation, what hmm. is the what is meditation and what is its purpose? That's that's a, a wonderful starting point. Um, well, let us let us uh, first try to to understand the principle of meditation because, of course, uh, meditation uh, uh, covers the the concept. The term covers uh, uh, um, a vast array of techniques. So we need to to simplify it or to understand what is what is the common thread. So meditation, I would say, is is any any uh, technique, any process that uh, stills the mind, the intellect, the senses, in order to, to enable a, a revelation of deeper realities within us or deeper realities uh, of the world and, and, and existence at large. So the thing is, we first need to ask ourselves why we, we, we've required meditation from, from the very beginning. You see, because nowadays we speak about meditation only in terms of their benefits, how, 
they lower our blood pressure or how they uh, increase our capacity to cope with pain. But really why has, has meditation been developed? And the answer is that, that we need a certain tool, a certain way to be able to experience reality directly, to experience the deeper reality, the transcendent reality directly. You can have prayer or you can have a ritual. You can have all these kinds of, of uh, communications with the deeper reality, but, but relative to meditation, they can never penetrate into the depth of reality and enable us a direct experience. So this is what I, I would, how I would describe meditation. Now, the purposes of meditation are, are diverse, but this is the fundamental purpose of meditation. Right. I like the, the idea of stilling the mind to, um, to experience a deeper realities. Um, I like mm. that. Mm. For myself, um, my particular flavor of meditation mm -hmm. that I like is no thought in that you just stop your thoughts. And I, I, uh, I meditated profusely, fiercely. <laughs> I don't know if that's a, the right way to... Um, I was, um, for 10 years, I, uh, I engaged meditation uh, very deeply. And towards mm. the end, I was doing uh, one-hour episodes of No Thought. And and for for me now it it kind of snapped in my consciousness because it's very mm -hmm. easy for me to completely stop all my thoughts. I can do that really easily, and mm. um, the reason I like that particular model of no thought is that I I feel from my experience that the the divine portal, the source consciousness at the core mm. of my being doesn't use language in its native state. And, mm. by, and by stilling my mind and just being in that stillness, the source consciousness within me is more of a field, like a magnetic field. Hmm. And by by being silent in that field, I kind of meet my my soul, my my div divinity within, on its terms, so to speak. If that makes sense. Hmm. Yes, yes, yes. So, so you're saying that because I think this uh, this uh, um, captures a, a profound principle of meditation what what you're describing this the, we can al already find this in uh, in the upanishads uh, india's uh, uh, ancient scriptures uh, that that in order to to know the divine in order to get in touch with deeper realities you have to be still that is that, that is the principle you have to empty your 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 being you have to empty your mind 
so as to be filled with the presence of the divine. So when we understand this, we, we understand the importance of silence. Silence in itself is not reality, but silence is the space in which reality can reveal itself. Very nice. Silence is the space in that reality can reveal itself. Hmm. Well, now, if we were to, I mean, it, it, if we all shut down our personality, so to speak, and we just mm -hmm. went to the divinity within us, just imagining, um, that there's, there's, uh, I don't know if I'm saying this right, but there's no physical um, purpose in that. In other words, uh, chop the wood, carry the water um, is a physical part of our reality. Uh, and and so when we talk about going into the stillness, it it's almost like we're stepping out of the physical realm and um, perhaps returning uh, closer to our source, if that makes sense. What do you think? Oh yes, this is this is uh, beautifully put. Yes, uh, I would say that the the idea of meditation is to is to help us to withdraw from the world of the senses, from our uh, clinging to to sensory perception. Um, now. The thing is, and this is this is why meditation has usually been a, a, a practice in a, in a state of closed eyes, because this is because the the first thing you do is that is that you somehow need to withdraw to to disengage from from the world. The thing is, uh, of course, that, that meditation is not supposed to remain a closed-eyed uh, state, but, but this, is, this is the first thing that, that enables us to, to begin to, to experience our being in isolation from the sensory world. Because, you see, our being is usually completely glued <laughs> to, to the world of the senses. It is glued to, to the world of, uh, of, of the mind, the intellect, our emotions, our reactions to, to certain uh, perceptions. But we need to discover what it is like to have our consciousness, our being, completely detached from all that. Now, the thing is that for most people, when we, when we uh, guide them in this way, they would say, or they would even experience that they're, they're nothing, nothing is there anymore. Because who would you be without your relationships, without your identities, self-images, social images, uh, uh, your activities in the world? You simply find nothing there. You, because our existence has become completely dependent on the world. And this is, of course, where uh, all suffering uh, um, springs from. But if we are able to begin to experience that, that there is a certain I amness, there is a certain existence, beingness, 
that 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 not only uh, 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 that is not only capable of being of existing without the world, but actually begins to to reveal itself in all its majesty when the world fades away. That is, I think, uh, what we call the the beginning of bliss in meditation. Bliss is uh, is a certain emotion that is is only characteristic of of meditation. We don't know bliss uh, uh, usually, and we certainly don't know how to get in touch with it at will. So we know what happiness is, at least <laughs> fleeting moments of happiness, <laughs> but we don't know what bliss is. And bliss is this, this re- realization that you have left the world behind, and here you are, fully existent, and actually, actually uh, finally expanding in all directions. Very nice. Well, I liked uh, uh, what you were saying about um, we can, I guess in my words, pick up a sense of self or become addicted to a sense of self through our senses and perhaps our ego's identity. And if we stay attached to that over time, with an idea that that is, quote, the reality of who we are, unquote, that um, we, don't, we don't have the ability to see the, uh, I guess, karmic propensity of our uh, habitual self, so to speak, kind of, kind of like the momentum of our ego self can be incongruent in and a lot of suffering comes from that incongruency and what you're saying is to uh please correct me if I'm wrong is to um d- disconnect from that sensory and and mental construct and in the in the in the void of of that connection is the realm of bliss and so to to spend time in that bliss and sh- and shift our sense of self out of the sensory and mental uh, mental stigmas affords us an ability to understand the truth of who we are does that make sense? Mm. Yes, I, I couldn't say say it better. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. This is, this is very perceptive. Yes, yes, because our, our identity, of course, uh, has been shaped by uh, our uh, circumstances um, and and our reactions to our circumstances. And and the thing is that in, in a way we we have become a circumstantial being. We we. We rely on our uh, well, in our mani- on our manifestation in the world, in order to feel that 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 we are. And I think that the, uh, in in this sense, uh, you know, where uh, Jesus for for if if I can if I can bring uh, up uh, uh, this particular figure, I know that Jesus uh, uh, is not 
uh, known to be related to any meditation, but still I, I think he put it very beautifully when he said that 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 they, uh, every human being has to be uh, to be uh, born twice. That there is a certain a certain uh, birth that that takes place in spirit, and this is exactly it because because we are we are born in in the flesh, but we are not born in spirit. Meditation is this this kind of uh, of midwife. It is where where uh, spirit can be born. Nice. Well, it, it for me it it seems like. Uh, when you meditate, that um, by by stilling or pausing, perhaps that connection with the sensory world, when you uh, reestablish the the sensory connection, so to speak, you can you can see the I might call it the karmic dogma mm-hmm. of your sense of self it's like you you can give yourself virgin eyes so you can see something even even though it's been your life for many many years you can see it with virgin eyes because i mean if you look at humanity it's it's not hard to state in in the world we're in that there's a lot of incongruency in in the human narrative and People are hungry for something more nurturing, more uh, sustaining for their heart and their soul. Mm. And, and to be able to recognize the subtle and not so subtle ways in which we've kind of lost our way, so to speak, where we put our attention on those things that don't nurture us, or perhaps we we create mental constructs about the nature of our world and our relationship with it that are incongruent. Meditation can kind of uh, help us step out of the the craziness of that human narrative on the planet Mm -hmm. and come back with a a fresher perspective to be able to recognize subtle incongruencies in our behavior that don't nurture us. Hmm. Yes, that's 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 a very good point. Yes, uh, exactly because because the thing is is uh, you are describing it as a as a, a an incongruent uh, narrative, and this is the thing that 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 our mind is shaped by by thoughts. It's shaped by thinking. Now, uh, now thinking is not is not only ours. And this is, I think, one of the most important insights uh, that one could could gain when one meditates. We are not dealing when we are detaching ourselves from the mind. Sometimes we we call it my mind. My mind uh, uh, disturbs me. My mind <laughs> annoys me. My mind uh, uh, produces stories. But what we need to understand is that is that my mind is in a way the mind of humanity, and there is a certain a certain me- mechanism of of uh, uh, that is built into our mind, and uh, and is, it is not personal. And when we begin to to understand this, uh, uh, it actually has the, uh, this is what I call the thinking machine. 
And this thinking machine has a prehistoric origins that we perhaps uh, uh, can we explore if we if we want, or at, at least to 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 uh, in briefly indicate. Um, but this thinking machine is is not something that is personally mine. As long as I think that it is it is mine, I, it would it it would become it would be really difficult to become completely liberated from it, because there is still some kind of of identification with it, and this is one of the things that 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 needs to uh, to be uh, removed. This this type of illusion. So what happens when you approach uh, your mind, not as your mind, but as, a, as some kind of, of, a me of mechanism that has certain, a certain uh, a malfunctions. <laughs> right. And you, need, you simply need to study these malfunctions in order to free yourself. And by freeing yourself, you also become freed. Uh, uh, you are freed from the stream of humanity from thought as, as it has shaped itself throughout um, many uh, thousands of years. Wow, very nice. Well, I like to say that um, nobody had an ego the day they were born, in that um, there was no sense of self, no mental constructs the day we were born. And, and we grew our egos, our sense of self, in our family of origin. And, and right now you and I are exchanging sentences and mm. perspectives and opinions, mm. but none of those mechanisms that you, you and I are using were there the day we were born, yet consciousness, source consciousness, was there even before we, the the I, the sense of self, the little mm -hmm. me, um, consciousness was there before, is here during, and it'll uh, continue after. It, the, our ego rides on top of consciousness, but is not the consciousness. Um, our egos do not supply the consciousness that they run on. <laughs> mm. That consciousness is um, a rude aspect of of the big me. You know the exactly the, yes the, the me be before, during, and after the little me. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. That's why sometimes, from a certain perspective, uh, the the ego is uh, is a parasite. <laughs> it, uh, yeah. it simply, it, it literally, it, it, it or and metaphorically, it feeds on consciousness and, and it, it feeds on it. And, and in this way, it has this kind of uh, of temporarily uh, apparent existence, self-existence. But the, the reason that it has any type of power, any type of energy, is because it, it well, it derives it from, from a tremendous source. This tremendous source is consciousness, is, the, is, is consciousness as, a, as, as the universal um, 
presence within us that that is our our true consciousness nice well if you look at the history of history i don't i haven't recalled any story or or mythology or legend of some glowing deity coming down from the skies specifically to change the human narrative directly in other words no glowing orb has come down no deity no god has come down from the heavens and waved a magical wand and turned the slums into palaces um for example the mechanism of war on this planet there over the centuries even thousands of years there has to have been perhaps billions of prayers prayed to some deity some god mm -hmm. can we end this suffering and zero times has a divine deity come down from the heavens to silence the guns to end the suffering and, mm -hmm. and here we are in 2023 and the suffering continues and and so it seems like I suggest perhaps the most powerful mechanism to truly change the human narrative is the human persona that is in tune with divine intentions if that makes sense and i think meditation allows us to step out of our narrative like if i go in a kindergarten class or a first grade class and i try to and i talk about calculus there's such an energetic disconnect there there's not a way for the the first grade or the the little kids to make mm -hmm. that leap but if i go continue on to middle school and high school and I take pre-calculus now I'm vibrationally in the ballpark of calculus hmm. and, and so when I go listen to a professor talk calculus it's a smaller step for me to be able to understand and embody those concepts and I think what meditation does for us is kind of let us leapfrog our mental narratives if i'm in my brain and i'm in my sense of self and i'm i'm putting along <laughs> in this temporal soup um a lot of times i can be uh, ignorant or oblivious to divine ideas of what might happen in this moment and when i when i still my mind and i am present it affords me to be a vehicle of divine mm. inspiration that allows me to transcend the momentum of my past if that makes sense hmm yes 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 exactly and uh, i think that that the uh, you know that that in uh, in uh, Vajrayana Buddhism, Tantric Buddhism, they have a beautiful concept that they speak of uh, of three layers of the mind, and I think that uh, that this this uh, beautifully captures a certain a certain aspect of of meditation. They say that first there is the 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 gross mind, the the sensory 
attached or related mind. And then there is the, uh, the subtle mind, which is the one that, that can grasp uh, uh, intellectual concepts, abstract concepts, ideas. And then there is what they call the very subtle mind. <laughs> I like the term, the very subtle mind. And the very subtle mind is, is that mind that can, can actually capture reality, can, can have this kind of, of perception. And, and, and we are fortunate to have this kind of mind because, uh, because this means, first of all, that, that the mind is not all bad. And second, that, that we, we, we are equipped with this ability. Now, this kind of, uh, of, of ability um, makes it possible for us to also enter at will a, a state or a realm which is completely free from the past. Nice. The very subtle mind has nothing to do with the past. It is not, it hasn't been traumatized. It hasn't been, been shaped by memories. It hasn't been uh, uh, shaped by thought forms. It is perhaps the, 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 the foundation from which uh, thought forms can appear and into which thought, force, uh, uh, thought forms disappear. But it, it has nothing to do with, with thinking, with past, with memory, and with trauma, and with the movement of karma. So now when, when I, am, I have this ability to access it, I think this has a tremendous healing effect. This is one uh, uh, on my consciousness, on my heart, on my emotional system. And second, it, it makes it possible for me to enter what I call a creator's mind. A creator's mind is the mind that, that we have when we are completely free from any uh, uh, effect of the past, from any Im impressions and imprints, and, and thus we are able to finally influence our mind, influence our life, our emotional system, our patterns. So this kind of freedom, I think, first we need to realize this freedom that is inherent in our mind, and then we need to be able to use this freedom in order to begin to, to uh, well, give shape to another way of life. As, you, as you're saying so beautifully, a, a life that, that is unaffected by, uh, by by humanity's narrative. Well, the very definition of a hero, I mean, uh, if you watch a hero movie, first of all, they spend like whatever, uh, a chunk of time to establish mm. a villain. They, they have to create a villain um, for the hero to conquer or whatever. And mm -hmm. so... Typically, the the folks, the village, the people of the village within their own persona cannot comprehend overcoming the villain. And, the, and, and so the narrative of a hero is the one that can see past the folly, the illusion of no choice 
And it seems like mm. meditation is the portal for a consciousness hero, so to speak. I'm just making mm. this up as I talk, but that's wonderful. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. but what what you're literally doing is is um, uh, how do you language that? You you surrender your engagement in the narrative and become void of the past, void of the momentum, void of the peril, so to speak, mm-hmm. and and afford yourself to language something completely um, foreign to the narrative that is holding the suffering, so to speak. You become the seed, the portal, the vehicle, if you will, of the narrative that transcends the suffering, if that makes sense. Hmm. Hmm. Yes, yes, that, 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 that's uh, so perceptive, yes. And I, I would say, I would add to, to, to your description that, that you also agree to, to become void of, uh, of choice. Because the, the thing is that in, in order to be able to, uh, well, to, to recover or to, to even um, um, enable this kind of uh, authentic choice, one has to first uh, uh, leave behind this kind, the, the, the false choice that we, we think we have because our mind has a certain direction. When we, uh, throughout every day, we have, a, we have a, our mind is well obsessively focused on, on certain things, on certain objects. Now it, it believes that it has a choice, but actually it has become so automatic. It's uh, the, the way it, uh, it, it becomes uh, fixated on certain objects, uh, the way it reacts. So we think we have a choice, but actually we live without any choice whatsoever. We're just repeating uh, the, the mind's mistake, our mind's uh, mistaken interpretations over and over again. And then meditation helps us to dispel this, this illusion of choice. And the first thing that we do in meditation is that we let go of, of choice. This means that, that we let go of, of any particular focus any particular obsession, and we actually choose or enable, allow a state of complete unfocusing. This is the, the, this is the, the essence of meditation, when you're finally not uh, keeping your mind or your consciousness or wasting your, uh, the, 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 this precious capacity of your consciousness, of your awareness on a particular object. Now you're opening up, you're widening, you're expanding from the center of your being in every direction. And this kind of spaciousness, this kind of, well, uh, choicelessness is the beginning of, uh, of, of a certain uh, purification, a relief from uh, a mistaken type of choice that is ultimately enables you to to have a choice to be able to refocus to choose the right objects and to reshape your narrative nice 
Yeah, I like to think of uh, when the mind is is incapable of stepping out of its narrative as a karmic momentum. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, well, now, the complete book of meditation. Tell us mm. about this book and and how it how it describes and works with the vehicle of meditation. Well, this book uh, is the result of uh, uh, has been the, the result of my wish to uh, to bring order uh, uh, to the world of meditation because uh, because I think that uh, that at this point in time uh, the the meditation market uh, uh, is flooded with different meditation techniques and uh, and we are fi- finally ex- uh, exposed to so many different types of uh, of meditation techniques from all the different traditions of the world and and, and now we we and, and and all these meditations are uh, isolated from their uh, cultural context we we have uh, we actually don't no longer need to pursue a complete path in order to be exposed to a certain meditation. So even the most profound meditations are now out there. Now, what do we do with all that? You see, <laughs> because uh, how how do we uh, uh, start meditating? How do we um, uh, make sense of all the different techniques? So my my motivation has been to to begin to divide the, the world of meditation into uh, seven main categories, by the way, classified uh, according to the ancient chakra system. So it's seven chakras, each representing a certain dimension of existence, a certain, a certain experience of life. Uh, so I've divided the, the many classical meditations from all over the world into, uh, into seven main categories. Uh, presenting these meditations under a particular uh, uh, main purpose. So in this way, the reader can finally uh, choose a particular meditation according to its purpose, according to its suitability uh, or its relevance to to one's current state of development or one's current needs. For instance, uh, if I want to, well, to rekindle my joy of life, then there are, there are five main meditations that can enable us to, to do exactly this, whereas there are other meditations that can help you to ground yourself or to, and to allow your body and mind. Other meditations, can, uh, can help you to open your heart to love and compassion. Other meditations can help you uh, to build a sense of true inner power and presence. So we need to be able to, uh, to experiment with different meditations, to also feel the freedom uh, to, uh, to replace one meditation with another. I think that at this point we we are no longer, uh, or we have left behind this, this kind of, uh, of traditional perception according to which you need to commit yourself 
to a part, one particular meditation for the rest of your life. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now, when you when you talk about um, the seven principles, are they related yes. to the seven chakras? And if so, we're we're introducing the term chakra. Can you expound on your perception of the of the chakra? Yes, you're, you're right. That, that that that's an important clarification. Well, well, chakras. You see, I I came from uh, uh, from a certain a certain uh, uh, Hindu tradition uh, which specializes in uh, in chakras and the subtle body and Kundalini. So so this this has actually been my uh, spiritual education, so to speak. Now. Chakras are uh, traditionally considered to be uh, uh, certain energy centers uh, um, ingrained in our uh, subtle body, at the core of our subtle body, and uh, and each of them is is a certain step on on a developmental ladder, uh, uh, which you uh, ideally climb. On your way to uh, to spiritual enlightenment uh, uh, and and spiritual liberation. Now uh, the thing is that that uh, the chakras are actually much more than that. They are much more than than energy centers. They they I believe that they contain the a complete psychological uh, map uh, and and the complete uh, uh, map of our emotional development and even even uh, they also contain the certain uh, dimensions of life which means that they help each chakra each energy center helps you to to relate or to perceive or to experience a certain dimension of life so this this is actually the reason that chakras capture very beautifully our complexity, human complexity, uh, the many different uh, experiences of life that we have, and also sometimes the inner contradiction that we, contradiction that we experience. You see, because <laughs> sometimes the seven chakras represent uh, seven different voices within our head and within our heart, each pulling in its own direction. <laughs> nice. So it's, it sounds like the um, the chakras are uh, a construct, a subtle energy construct of our relationship with, I guess, reality, really. And if if some of my sh- chakras are not congruent or open then I, I can't have an intuitive perception of, of reality, quote, as it is, unquote. And, and whatever stigma or dogma I've loaded into my chakra will dilute or pollute my ability to per- perceive in, to- in totality the the vehicle of living through those seven elements, if that makes sense. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. I, I, this means that, that if one of my chakras 
is uh, is obscured or or hindered by by certain uh, uh, let's say uh, certain emotional elements a certain uh, a certain uh, a lack of awareness of 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 or, or lack of response to 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 a particular challenge related or or associated with that chakra this means that i will not be able to to uh, properly or to to fully um, open myself to this uh, to the corresponding uh, dimension of life take for example the the heart chakra if my heart chakra is obscured then uh, this means that this is the chakra of relationships it's a chakra of 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 me and the other the way i relate and the way i relate is basically uh, derives from from my emotional system. Now, if the if this chakra uh, is traumatized, if it is uh, if it is uh, uh, filled with uh, with particular memories, then I will not be able to open myself to what this uh, dimension or layer of existence has to offer, and. This is the dimension of, uh, of, of love, the dimension of compassion. And I will have my heart in a, in a, con- in a contracted state rather than uh, become aware of its universal nature of what, uh, what happens when it is, when it is my heart is, is, is wide open. Nice. Well, now, I like to uh, connect um, an understanding. So I know I know there's many different types of meditation, and as such, there's probably many types of outcomes from meditation. Mm-hmm. If if I'm a listener to the show and I haven't in uh, engaged in any form of meditation. I know it's a general question, but I'm going to, I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, why would I want to meditate? In other words, um, what are the benefits? How what would I experience in my life if I were to engage in a meditation practice or process? How how might I see my life changing? Hmm. Well, the 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 list is really long. <laughs> You see, uh, we have, we have we have on, on we have on the one hand. Uh, I always like to to differentiate between two aspects. One is benefits of meditation. The other is purposes of meditation. Nice. Benefit uh, benefit is what uh, what uh, for instance our our uh, scientific research on meditation uh, uh, reveals. Uh, this, of course, includes uh, a long list of uh, of, uh, of uh, uh, psycho-physiological uh, uh, benefits, but but in terms of of the purposes of meditation, what what it can actually uh, help us, the way it can help us to change our life, we can start, uh, uh, for instance, with freedom from from dependency. Because we we have, I think we we've already mentioned that we have a certain dependency on the world, emotional dependency, dependency on the world's uh, recognition, 
we want to we feel that we need to we can only exist if we if we are recognized by the world if we receive certain feedback now when we begin to meditate we develop uh, four precious um, qualities that uh, are i consider uncaused uh, uh, emotions which means self-generated uh, qualities of our consciousness that we usually uh, seek to receive from our environment so one is inner stability this by the way uh, correlates with the root chakra inner stability means that we no longer expect the world to be uh, uh, to be this haven or this unchangeable reality for us and a safe environment because we are able to accept that the world is is constant change and that it is prone to uh, to to sudden twists and turns <laughs> and therefore we no longer rely on it to to provide us with this kind of of inner stability then there is the uh, the quality that that relates to the sacral chakra the second chakra and this is the quality of of inner joy unconditional joy this means that you no longer rely on the world to provide you with a certain uh, excitement certain um, uh, certain triggers that 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 they, uh, give you pleasure that are your source of pleasure because you're beginning to experience a certain inner pleasure a certain joy that that cannot that remains uh, untainted even by by uh, moments of pain and uh, and difficulty then there is a, a inner power which means that you no longer depend on your sense uh, on the world to 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 retain a sense of empowerment you you don't feel weakened by uh, by weakening moments when when life uh, when life uh, drags you down when you have certain disappointments frustrations and where you're not uh, uh, well completely dependently elevated by the world when thing when good things happen so you're beginning to experience th this kind of equilibrium this kind of uh, of freedom from this a continuous mental and emotional pendulum. This is inner inner power, and it correlates with the solar plexus chakra, the third chakra. And the last one is is the heart chakra, where you experience unconditional love. And unconditional love means that you no longer seek to be recognized uh, and to be loved by the world, and even by your by your loved ones and you actually become a source of love. This means that you, you no longer experience this kind of, of hole in your chest that, that, that can never be filled, uh, but, but forever seeks to be filled with, uh, with emotional recognition. So here you, you're beginning to experience inner stability, inner joy, inner power, and unconditional love. And that is the beginning of your experience of yourself as a source of emotions rather than as a being that relies on others to, to uh, generate or to trigger these emotions for it. Very nice. Very well spoken. You know, the, those attributes, those benefits you talk about, 
humanity is hungry for that. We've been through the karmic tsunami now for a couple of years, and many, many people are seeking those types of attributes to be anchored in their persona. Well, time can fly by pretty fast. (laughs) And I want to make sure that the audience knows about you, your books, any services or classes. Take, Take some time now and tell us all about you. Of course, well, well uh, everyone is welcome to uh, to to access my uh, my official website, which is shaitubali s h a i t u b a l i dot com, and this website includes uh, upcoming events as well as uh, blog entries and introduction to my work. So so it's very comprehensive, I believe, and uh, and also my YouTube channel also under my name, which uh, contains numerous uh, guided meditations. So, <laughs> so you can experiment with, uh, with certain guided meditations and also uh, uh, countless videos that, that, uh, that explain how to integrate the meditative perspective into our daily life. So I think these, these two sources are, are, are very useful. And then there is, of course, the book, which is available uh, uh, in bookstores and uh, and everywhere online. Well, very nice. Um, Shai, I, I have very much enjoyed this episode. I thank you very much for coming online and being our guest today. Oh, it's been such a joy speaking to you, uh, speaking with you. Thank you so much. We've been talking with Shai Tubali, and the topic tonight has been Complete Book of Meditation. What a a fun interview. I really enjoyed that. So we kind of have a a new dynamic, perhaps, from, from our past, like we have AI and we have um the the social upheaval uh, the, the world wasn't connected online a hundred years ago a, a thousand years ago five thousand years ago and it is now and and what my point is is the the power of the I am presence of God consciousness, of source consciousness. Over the generations, people have have been divinely inspired as it relates to the challenges of their time. Um, I mean, there's countless uh, sacred texts um, I, uh, Christianity has the Ten uh, Commandments. I mean, there's there's uh, divine inspiration or divine guidance, so to speak. And a lot of times, when we when we get overwhelmed by what's happening, I mean, it's a very noisy, so to speak. Metaphorically, it's a very noisy world. There's a lot of data, a lot of stimulus. To stop 
and I guess commune or or ask for from the divine inspiration for these days, for these situations, for these conundrums. I know I got my butt kicked when I would say the prayer, um, Divine Mother, Divine Father, God, please show me how I can be a bigger vessel of compassion for humanity. (laughs) You got to be careful what you ask for. (laughs) I should go back in time and see if I asked that right before I started this podcast, like 12 years ago, maybe the two are related. Um, what, what a fun interview. I, I, uh, I think there's there's uh, some acceleration of spirituality, spiritual evolution, evolution of consciousness. If you wanted to study all the topics we've talked about on the show here, you know, 200 years ago, 500 years ago, a thousand years ago, you might get on a horse and ride to the the coast and get on a boat and sail across the sea and go to a library or a university or whatever, but you'd have to know that that even exists to go to. You'd have to know about the topics you want to ask questions about. I mean, we're, we're really living in a very, very rich environment in that these spiritual teachings I'm sure meditation's been taught for a very long time, but but it's it's at our fingertips now. In the human genome, people like you and me, through our intention and attention, can take these vast resources and bring new dynamics, new ideas. We can be the birthplace, the, 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 the seed of a new dynamic for humanity. It, what an exciting time to be alive. Well, time goes by pretty fast. I want to thank you all for joining us tonight. It's, uh, it's always a pleasure. I'm, I, 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 just, I very much enjoy bringing new episodes like the one we had tonight. Thanks for joining us. This has been a New Human Living broadcast. If you're looking for spiritual resources, there's literally hundreds of podcasts just like this one, free online. You can find them at newhumanliving.com. If you sign up for the newsletter, I write a weekly blog that helps you contemplate the nature of nature, contemplate the nature of your own human genome, contemplate your own human potential. How powerful is that? I can say it's powerful because you are powerful. I want to thank you for joining us in tonight's broadcast. I appreciate you, the listener. Until next time, thanks for listening.